0: Yeah. And then also
1: the name. How did you come up with
0: the name? <laughs> <I'm> always <laughs> like to know The that.
1: name has been uh, really something I have thought about. I, I thought of more like a serious name. Mm-hmm. But we use the F word so often <laughs> in our regular yeah. life. I thought, why not give it a fancy twist? Oh,
0: I get that. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah,
1: you use that. the F word, but in a good way. Creative. constructive yeah. way.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> so awesome. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was like, it was like, oh, folks. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that's
1: awesome. But, okay. So that's how the name came up. Very okay. impromptu yeah. uh matter
0: of few seconds, but it was like, yeah, maybe I can use that. Right. Welcome to Media in the Mix, the only podcast produced and hosted by the School of Communication at American University. Join us as we create a safe space to explore topics and communication at the intersection of social justice, tech, innovation, and pop culture. All right, welcome back to Media in the Mix. I'm your host, Grace Ibrahim, and today we're joined by Shilpa Gupta, who is the host of the Oh Folk podcast, has worked at American University, works in the library, has done research here, has been a student here, and we're going to touch on all of that today. But Shilpa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is amazing and uh, Getting, you know, this kind
1: of response uh, from your own school is feels great. So oh, thank that's you. so
0: good to hear. We actually came across one of your stories, AU Did, um, on you and the podcast. It was the o Folk podcast, and that's where we got introduced to you. And it's just so cool getting to learn about colleagues on campus kind of just doing the same thing you're doing, except we have two completely different topics that we discuss, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you about your topic today, you. uh, which is basically like, folklore and and just old tales, which coming from Middle Eastern culture, I have so many of those that I grew up with, so very excited to talk to you. But first, let's kind of start from the very beginning. Um, Can you kind of just give us like a little outline about your time at AU, kind of from, you know, being an employee to being a student to doing research, and then how you kind of got into this podcasting world?
1: Sure. I started in February 2017, initially as a part-time employee with the audiovisual department. And uh, then that same year in fall, I joined SOC to do my second master's degree in strategic communication. Wow. Uh, I completed it. I was still working as the uh, as a part-time employee. Uh, I graduated, and then I was still working here, as well as I was doing a full-time job with the Discovery Networks. In November 2021, I uh, got a call, I got offered uh, this current position of mine, and here I am. That's amazing. And second master's degree, what was your first master's (laughs) degree? (laughs) Uh, I did my first master's degree in U.S. from Florida State University. very cool. It was an MS in Media and Communication Studies, Digital Media Studies, actually. And uh, yeah, then I was working and... uh, I thought I will concentrate more on strategic communication, more like intercultural communication. Yeah. And that's how I landed here.
0: That's so great. And can you tell us like about your time at doing the StratCom program? Was there like a favorite class, memory, professor, or anything you can kind of yes. shed light to that?
1: Oh, my gosh. There are so many great memories. Uh Since I spoke about intercultural, of course, tops my list of great memories is the intercultural uh, uh, class, communication class, with Professor Doshi, Priya Doshi. Oh, my gosh. I loved every bit of it, doing the country profiles and those great case studies. It was amazing. Uh, Another class I absolutely loved was the research class with uh, Professor Molly O'Rourke, We had a very small team, but we had such great, profound discussions in the class that I I still remember them vividly. And they were something I used to look forward to. So that's something which I I remember very fondly. And then my capstone with Professor Graff. Okay. It was a very sensitive topic. But his subtle sense of humor, probably you know what I mean, kept me sane and kept me sailing through my capstone.
0: Yeah. So yeah, those are great days. Wow. And so you, can you just tell everyone your background prior to like coming to American University I know we were talking a little bit offline but you came from a radio background a TV production background did that happen prior to coming back for the Stratcom was that something that you were like oh I enjoyed this but I also want to expand my skills in communication can you just talk about that a little bit
1: yeah so before coming to the U.S. um, I was a full-fledged communication and media professional back in India uh, I have worked there for quite many years. Mm-hmm. I started my full time career as a radio professional. I was a prime time producer and radio jockey. Uh, and then I joined TV, I did production. Uh, and then I decided to take a pause and concentrate or study or educate myself more on communication research because that has always been something I have wanted to study. But in India, You have media programs, but not really communication research programs, at least not at that time. Uh, Probably now you have more options. So I decided to take a pause and come to U.S. and uh, do my higher
0: education in communication research. That's amazing. Good for you. I feel like that's covering so many bases of the comms world, comms and media world. Mm -hmm. Um, That's very unique. And can you give us just a little bit of background too? when you were a research assistant, kind of what type of research you did and how did you come across that opportunity? Was that through your classes? Was that through like a, an assistantship program? Yeah, it was through assistantship. Gotcha. So as international
1: student, you yes. are allowed to work certain hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And of course that has to be within the department. So that's how, uh, this research assistantship with, uh, professor mentioned Treveno, uh, yeah. came my way. And, uh, it was a very, very intense experience in terms of learning. I really wanted something like that because that was when I learned the nuances of qualitative and quantitative research, which Mm. eventually helped me doing my capstone and furthermore into whatever I do, actually, even for my podcast because my podcast includes a lot of research. And those learnings have stayed with me. The areas have changed, of course, they do. But, you know, the core learnings never change. You can always fall back on those no matter what you do. Absolutely. And I picked up those things during my time at uh, AUSOC. And even before when I was, um, uh, you know, doing my first master's in FSU. So both are Mm -hmm. communication research programs. So I picked up bits and pieces from
0: both my courses. Wow. Shopa you're so decorated good for you very impressive resume that's amazing Um, and then I kind of just want to go on a little bit of a tangent here because I think this is the first time I'm actually sitting with another past international student I was an international student as well Um, can you speak to I have two questions number one um, advice to what students can look for on campus because I know we don't always have the same opportunities as other people when it comes to work Um, you know things that we can do with professors etc but then also can you just kind of give any advice uh words of encouragement that it's not completely impossible and that you know the path can exist it's just maybe finding the right places to look or something like that any advice there yeah I I
1: don't know if I should call it advice but I just you know want to be that person telling that everything will be fine yes it looks crazy when you first step I remember when I came to this country For me, going to Mars and coming to U.S. was the same thing because (laughs) I didn't know anybody (laughs) here. And maybe if I would have traveled to Mars, it would have been the same thing. I started from zero. And especially for, you know, mid-level professionals like Mm -hmm. me, leaving a full-time job where you are earning well, where you are doing well for yourself, leaving everything and coming back to student life is very, very challenging emotionally and on a cerebral level. And many people do that yeah. when they come to this country. So for them and for international students, otherwise, I just want to say hang in there. Yeah, It's difficult. It's extremely challenging. Yeah. You will feel lonely, but you will get through this
0: so yeah, yeah that's a very oh, th- i feel like that is advice it's good it's <laughs> a good good wisdom there um and it's very true this this too shall pass these times will pass yeah. and you know you could surprise yourself so hanging there is definitely yeah you land somewhere Some day, somewhere yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and then um on on your the topic of research basically is there any you know lessons that you kind of took away from uh your research that you did at American, anything that stays with you today, anything you learned skills wise that kind of you apply to your to your uh, day-to day today.
1: Absolutely. oh my gosh, there's so many things but I will say uh, some of the core thoughts that I had uh, from you know learning everything about communication research is that no matter what your research is and how difficult it is, the more lucidly you can present it, to the larger audience, larger listeners or audience, whatever you say, readers, mm-hmm. better it is. Because the core idea of good research is how well it serves the community, yeah. how well it serves the people. And the more people understand it, more people imbibe it in their life in some way or the other, yeah. the better the effectiveness of research lies there. Okay. And I learned that you can do that very effectively using content, great content, mm-hmm. because content is the king, we all know. Yeah. And content can be really easy. It can be very, very easy to look, but still you can impart very intense um knowledge through them it doesn't have to be very heavy with yeah. difficult language it can be easy but it can be still very very effective yeah so I think those learnings and it's not like I learned it from one area or yeah. something it's like from my overall experience I still use it because when today I do my podcast or I do anything I, I write something I always try to keep it as simple as possible because I do, just don't believe in yeah using difficult flowery language right So, yeah, probably that will be the most important thing I have learned.
0: Yeah, that's so fascinating. And it reminds me of another episode we did where we were talking about how sometimes the field of science communications gets so complicated that it's nice to have visuals. It's nice to have this language that can connect with a wider audience than maybe those people that... the the small percentage that would know the big word or such. It's nice to like, you know, reach a whole nother group of people that might not have been interested in that type of content. So that's so cool that you bring that up. I love that. And I want to dive into your podcast now because we are (laughs) podcasting. So, oh, folk, I want to talk about all the little details first. So can you just kind of tell us like I know during the article, I don't want to give too much away, but it kind of happened during the pandemic. Was there a certain, you know, catalyst that kind of happened? Was there something that happened that kind of launched you into this or was it just a natural progression? Yeah. And then also the name. How did you come up with the name? <laughs> always like to know. The that. name
1: has been uh, really something I have thought about. I, I thought of more like a serious name, mm-hmm. but we use the F word so often <laughs> in our regular yeah. life. I thought, why not give it a fancy <gasps> twist? Oh,
0: I get that. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah.
1: You use bad. the F word, but in a good way, creative, constructive yeah. way.
0: Yeah. that's, <laughs> so that's awesome. Out. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was like, it was like, oh, <laughs> folks. That's awesome. So yeah, that's awesome. But,
1: okay, so that's how the name came up. Very okay. impromptu, yeah. uh, matter of few seconds. But it was like, yeah, maybe I can use that. Right, and uh, it's easy to connect. Like, yeah, people say that the F word all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, but say it
0: my way that's now. <laughs> so
1: funny, I love that.
0: Actually, <laughs> that's awesome. Clever. But, okay, uh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of pandemic, when I left radio, a part of me felt extremely sad because. <laughs> I yeah. love radio. Yeah, I call it my first love, yeah. and yeah. it's it was so personal mm. that when I left, I promised myself that I'll come back to it in some way. Yeah, and then life happened. I came to this country. Mm-hmm. There was no scope for me to go back to radio professionally for okay. multiple reasons. But then I thought that why not doing a audio podcast? Yeah, because that's the best and the And the
0: most close, yeah, the closest I can reach. And I know it's so easy to talk about the good moments and the exciting moments and the successes (laughs) and all that. But can you speak on some of the challenges and obstacles and maybe some fears you had launching this podcast, especially when it's something that's all you? If there's this higher stake, higher Mm. pressures. um, And then would you, how would, or rather how... Anything you want to say to AU students? Because I know a lot of people nowadays want to start their own podcast. So um, any just insight there on how, how to overcome those obstacles?
1: Sure. So when I started, I think my biggest fear was, will I be able to manage so many things? Uh, And I know many people have that fear because people are not doing just one thing. They have so many things because, as I said, I had two jobs, a family, and then I was starting this new thing. So I was like, is this the right thing I'm doing? But somewhere it felt right because I was so passionate about uh, this project. So you will always have that. I think uh, to prospective podcasters, that's what I want to say. You Mm -hmm. will have problems. You will have life going on. But just take that leap of faith. Just give it and then just see how it goes. And if you say that how I overcame it, I think a little bit of organization, a little bit of planning helps Mm -hmm. a long way and that's also actually something i learned during my research days you know to have a methodical research process like the overall process just have a little time spend some time on that and rest of the things kind of you know falls in place so if you have too many things going on like i did planning a little bit ahead of time Really helped me a lot because Mm -hmm. although my first episode went on air in August 2021, I started planning for it probably from February or March because the research Mm -hmm. took a long time. I had uh, I wanted to have some kind of banking
0: of episodes and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, that will be my advice. That's great. Um, good for you. And and I imagine going from working for a place like Discovery where you're working with a huge team and then all of a sudden you're doing this podcast where a lot of production is on your own and yeah. it's like a smaller team and yeah. it's, yeah, it's a different world. It's a different world. That's amazing. And um, so a lot of these stories story slash your storytelling, you're bringing stories that almost sometimes get lost in history Mm -hmm. or we're kind of like resurrecting these tales. I know with me it's my mom used to always tell me about A Thousand and One Nights which is the Arabian, the original Arabian Nights I like to say. Um, Why is that important to you and why Mm -hmm. do you feel like other people are going to resonate with that too? I I have to mention that Shilpa is in the top 50 of folklore podcasts by the way in like all of podcasting so that's very very impressive so I guess the question is why do you think that resonated with people and what do you think the magic is in in that? Yeah, I think lords. I connect
1: with you in this uh, so much because mm-hmm. growing up in India, folk tales have always been part of my life yeah. in some way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, you know, you hear stories from grandparents and then probably you'll hear this from many people coming from the South Asian belt that we had long nights of power cuts. Yeah. And those were the nights when children used to flock together and listen to stories from grandparents. That was a very common thing to do. Uh, And we didn't have so many entertainment routes at that point. On TV, you don't have so many channels. You see what they are showing you, basically. And even there, uh, folk tales used to be a huge part of entertainment, especially mythological stories. So I've grown up on that. It has been all my childhood. And then... uh, reading was a part of my childhood as well yeah. so reading stories listening mm-hmm. to them yeah. stories were everywhere around me mm-hmm. and growing up uh, i realized folk tales are not just tales yeah. they have strong undertones of culture yes of the locality from where mm-hmm. these tales are evolving and that fascinated me even more so when I'm reading a story. I'm not just reading that particular story. Yeah. I'm learning about a culture. I'm learning about people of that area. Awesome. Yeah. So it's a lot of things going on within that small story. Yeah. So uh, yes, I have grown up on the traditional ones like Arabian Nights, as you mentioned, yeah. Aesop's Fables, but also uh, many local ones, yes. n- ones that nobody knows outside my locality. You That's know. Awesome. Many yeah. of them I have forgotten myself. Yeah. But what, stayed with me was the fact that these are small stories popping up from communities of people and they have no records today because that was oral storytelling tradition. People pass on generation after generation and after a point they just vanish. So all these coming together and my love for radio kind of that's awesome that's awesome and can
0: you give us like a little insight into kind of the um skeleton of one of your episodes so if you you find the story you find the folk tale whatever it may be and then from there um do you go into like a research process Mm -hmm. and how do you kind of uh outline the episode and then what does the episode end up looking like
1: yeah so The first thing that I do is search for the story. That becomes challenging because, as you already know, I don't pick the common ones. You will never hear a Cinderella story in my episodes because everybody knows it. So picking the story is the first step. After that's finalized, I kind of back-calculate and kind of take steps backwards rather than going forward. So I back-calculate what the culture is, where it is coming from, and do my research on those elements. Now, in that process, of course, I I rely a lot on online uh, research because I have a job. I can't, you know, physically go to places much. But I also rely on talking to people. So I find out information. Many times it has happened that I haven't found the information online. That's when I have you know, try to talk to people through online communities of storytellers wow,
0: that's awesome. online
1: communities of folk tales, yeah. then people coming from those areas, so I've spoke to, hey, do you know somebody coming from say some part of yeah. India? Can you connect me? You know word of mouth you know talking to people have helped me a lot through understanding of of a culture, and yeah, so a typical episode will be like I start off with some hook element it can be a little piece of music from the that area a uh, little a story or a poem about that area and then i move on to talk about the folktale itself yeah. and the culture about uh, where the folktale is coming from okay i tell a little bit about the country because if it's a country lesser known like brunei yeah you know not many people know about these countries in at least this part of the world right so I highlight about that, the geographic location and all that. And then I cover a little bit of the culture okay. stories. Then I go into the folktale itself and I try to connect the folktale with how it's relevant in today's time. And that's kind
0: of how I sort of wrap on those notes. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. Thank I love you. that. I love that. Um And so like, just educational I feel like (laughs) because you just start learning about things you never really would go out of your way to learn about I guess the best way to put them you know like not everyone's gonna think about folklore and and tales of time of all of the things you've done is there a certain project or career path you've decided to take or experience that you've had that you're most proud of one that sticks out too maybe
1: (laughs) it's hard there are few of course but you know rather than picking one or two such um, events, I would say the journey so far has been has been really, really it's a great answer. joyful, mm-hmm. I would say. It hasn't been easy, especially coming from a country like India and being a girl, it's tough. And society makes it tough. And for me, I lost my father at a very young age in an accident. That. Growing up was difficult. Uh, and then... Eventually, when I grew up, there were expectations people right. expect you to follow. Breaking those and coming to whatever, wherever I have arrived mm-hmm. until now has been a challenge. It has been heck of a ride, but it's a ride worth riding. Worth riding, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so rather than picking one or two incidents, yeah. I would say that every time I am faltering, I'm, you know, I'm in doubt. I try to think about everything that has
0: happened in my life so far. And yeah, I keep going. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Good for you. And I relate to that one on such a personal note of just like breaking barriers and kind of, you know, changing the game in your generation versus maybe the generations that were before you. Um, That's awesome. Good for you. And then um, I guess basically in this whole universe of intercultural communications and the podcast and the research you've done, what do you feel like is the most fulfilling part being part of all of that? Oh my gosh, I think it'll be just working and
1: meeting people from across the globe. Yeah. It gives me so much joy and happiness. And you learn so much, mm-hmm. you know. And that learning is not like you, you have to go to a school and do a degree, but right. you learn so organically Every day of your life. And then after many years, if you pause and take, take, like, look back, you're like, I'm a different person. Yeah. And for good. Yeah. And that is the most fascinating part in everything. Uh, So it's important. I think everybody should have some experiences like this because
0: it enriches you, it evolves yeah. you as a person. Absolutely. And then last question, just in terms of o Folk, is there, and now when I say that <laughs> so title, <don't>, I just laughed my eyes out. Now you know. I love it. <laughs> um, is there a, any like plans for growth or is there a place you want to see it um, at, anywhere, anything you want to see it become? Basically what's next there? Anything? Yeah, so I have... A longer vision, but then I also break
1: it down into mm-hmm. small little milestones. Yeah. So m- one such idea that I really want to fulfill for a podca- my podcast is I want to cover at least one story from every na- nation of the world. Oh, so that will cool. be roughly one ninety-five stories. Yeah. I haven't done too many because awesome. I have covered like one country multiple times okay. through one different stories. Mm-hmm. So that's probably I have covered thirteen or fourteen countries so wow. far.
0: So I have a long way yeah, to go. <laughs> yeah, but still get, moving up on that list. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: So that's the that's the smaller goal, but the longer vision or the long-term vision that I have is Mm. I really hope if in any way possible, I can take my podcast uh, and make it part of learning curriculum in, you know, economically backward countries, because I know their education thrives on such scarce resources. So if this podcast becomes part of learning for for young or adult learning yeah that doesn't matter but at least through this podcast if people can learn more about the world okay. I think that's where it will be the most fulfilling journey yeah, for me 100%. and I'm not saying this this is going to happen in one year I don't envision mm-hmm. that but maybe down six ten years yeah If I can
0: possibly make this happen, I think I'll be the happiest. That's amazing. I love that. And fingers crossed that does happen. I feel like we are organically just saying people start to learn things. And it's like, it's organic education. It's like That's like the best way to describe (laughs) it. Exactly. That's awesome. It's it's like you're
1: listening to stories. It's not like a pressure of doing an assignment or something. But still you are
0: learning about these countries. And
1: which is going to, I I think, help Whoever is learning
0: a lot going forward in life. 100%. I know. I did a whole film masters, but then whenever I listen to like film podcasts or directors or screenwriters, I'm like, this doesn't feel like work. It's nice. It's a a nice outlet to do that. That's amazing. So, Shilpa, it was such an honor and a delight to speak to you today. Thank you so much. I'm glad. Us and the team finally met you. I feel like a lot of collaborations to come, hopefully. Um, And thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I can't even thank you and the team.
1: Everybody who can't see on the camera, these guys are amazing. They're doing a great job. So, so happy thank you thank you so much for having
0: me thank you and this episode will be coming out uh early march so you can expect it then we are a bi-weekly podcast we are every other wednesday uh so look for us then and if you'd like to donate to the school of communication go to giving.american.edu and that's a wrap